Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman with you on a Friday morning. Welcome to the weekend. We are glad to be with you here. Glad you're tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast. We appreciate you guys listening in to us, especially the servicemen and women out there taking care of us, hopefully headed home for that holiday season to be with their families. You certainly deserve it. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Uh, I think we have brewed it forward all the way to the end of finals. Uh, I believe that's correct. Sure, Surely Friday is the end, right? The graduation's got to be Saturday, right? I would think so, yeah. I would guess. So if you made it, congratulations. If you're graduating, congratulations. Go get a job now. All right, quit quit leeching off the rest of us. No, I'm just kidding. Congrats to you guys. and uh, Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be sports reporters. No, don't do that. <laughs> you that's won't what, make a dime and catch a lot of Twitter grief. That's just, these are both things that are true. <laughs> um, I was going to say, like, being a sports reporter, it sounds great. Oh, you get to go to all the games. Yeah, you get to get there two hours early, and you're going to be there at least three hours late. And you can't cheer. You got to sit there and watch. You got to sit there and watch as the, the, the world collapses around you sometimes. And you just get to take it. But And then you take the beating from those that, that follow you. Yeah, on the Twitter, like it's our fault. My favorite, my favorite thing that I get on Twitter, and we're already off topic here, but is go tell Joe in the middle of the game, or go tell yeah. Howland, or or they ask a question that I can't pop. Why is Howland continuing to do, like? I can't go over to the bench yeah. and ask that question. You know, yeah, I so, can't. So so many people, and you see message board threads like this all the time. Why don't the media ask the hard questions? Well, here's the deal. Sometimes we know the answers to the hard questions. And so do you. And so do you. And so if you ask them in a press conference setting, it is confrontational for the sake of being confrontational. Mm-hmm. And we know these people, and we have to see them again the next day a mm-hmm. lot of times. Yeah. And so uh, it is just not a wise professional move to, to, right. to cause a rift. It's not. And uh, a lot of the people that want all these questions asked, uh, if you had to see these people every single day, mm-hmm. you would be a little more gentle with your questions as well. Yeah. I mean, it's not that you don't ask the questions. It's just there's a right I, way I and a like wrong to, way. I don't like to ask questions I know the answer to. That's just my philosophy, you know. I mean, there are some things that even if you know the answer to, you just need, at least for, I know for folks like me and Hork and mm-hmm. Logan, and, and I mean, I know you write some stuff too, but sometimes you just need a quote on the record yeah. about something. Yeah. And you may know the answer, but you just have to ask it anyway, kind, oh, yeah. of, kind of deal. But. We but went, yeah, we went way off topic there. We did. Strange Brew Coffee House is a great place to go get coffee. Though. And if you anybody wants to be a sports reporter, it's really not that bad of a gig. You're just not going to get paid. Much. It's, it's it's a great gig in terms. Of, I mean, I'm not I, unless you go to like you know. You know I'm sure I'm, I'm somebody not, gets paid. I'm not life. out in the sun, you know, building building bridges. I'm not you know working in the freezing cold, except for the you know first month of baseball season. So what are you looking at? Uh, I, just got I swear to God, if it's the Bumgarner thing, I'm going to kill you. No, on no air. Uh, I had an interesting Twitter follow. Okay. And, uh, so I'm looking to see if it is the actual person. Person. Yeah. Is it? Well, now that I'm trying to see, it won't let me. Uh, As always. This is this is exciting. Great radio. Exciting here. pod. Great radio here. While he's doing that, we'll talk about our other sponsor, our friends over at College Corner. Don't forget, tomorrow, uh, our good friend and host, Steve Robertson, will be there signing books. Go check him out. Tell him how much you love the Thunder and Lightning podcast. And, of course, buy yourself something nice. Buy the Bulldog fans and your family something nice this holiday season. Get Check out the biggest and best selection 
of uh, merchandise for Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern Mississippi, LSU, Alabama. They've got it all at College Corner. You can shop at either one of their two locations in Ridgeland over by uh, Fleet Feet, which is where the uh, the signing is, or over by in Flowood by the uh, the Half Shell, or shop online at collegecornerstore.com. You found it? Yeah, and uh, I'm kind of... So I'm just going to have to check now, because it should be your last follower, right? Yeah, that's well, I not, mean, I, no, I, I found no it, and, and he is following. But here, here's the thing. There's no he, way. Here's who it is. Yeah, I see it. I'm looking at it right now. And There's no way. There's who follows him, though. The top one is legit. Well, then now I'm interested. Yeah, so anyway. Fascinating. He has 13 followers. The second guy is a... The, there's a verified guy on there. There's a couple... Yeah. This it, it, it could I, be. I think it I think it is. That's really weird. It says Mark Keenum one. We'll just go ahead and tell everybody <laughs> something they can look. So it looks like his, but at the same time it's sort of weird. Anyway, today's show, we're gonna talk basketball in the second half of the show. We'll take a, a quick look ahead. We'll do a we'll do a full a three P's on Mississippi State and Kansas State, but we will start with the big news of the day. And that it's sort of not really unexpected, but news MSU fans probably didn't want to hear. And that's that Kylan Hill is, in fact, going to head on to the NFL draft uh, for going his senior year. Now, he w- he did say that he will play his final game. He will participate in the Music City Bowl, which will give him a fantastic chance to break Anthony Dixon's single-season rushing record. Needs 44 yards, sir. I think that's correct, yeah. If he gets 50 yards, he has it. Oh, yeah. I know that. Um, so here we are. Let's start with the big-picture question, for, for me anyway. I say that Kylan Hill is in the same tier of running backs – in ter- especially in terms of talent, as Norwood, Dixon. Hmm. Do I put Ballard in that group? Desenzo Miller. I'm trying to think who else. From a talent standpoint, he's he's in the top, the top, top tier. I think Norwood was the most talented back I saw at State. The best back in terms of everything, who you know, in terms of what he, he pro- provided and produced on the field, probably Dixon. Hill is right there with those guys. You know, he's, 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 he's in that same, you know, he, he is part of Mississippi State's rich legacy of running backs. Uh, for you, where does Kylan Hill rank? Yeah, he, he's up there. I feel like, I feel like he, he, most of his legacy, though, I feel like was built this year. You know, I know he was the starter last year, but he was hampered by injury a little bit. We, we talked ad nauseum about how he probably didn't get as many touches as, well, I know he didn't get as many touches as you would have liked. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, he didn't get as many touches as many of you would have liked. And and so while he had a, a really good year last year, I don't know that it was anything that just stood out. Um, and, and so I feel like most of his legacy is is this season more so than anything. But it was a really good season, yeah. too, so I don't want to take anything away from him. I just feel like some of those other guys that you mentioned – were better for longer stretches of time at Mississippi State. Is that is that fair? That's the thing with, with Kylan Hill. If if his two year run had been 2014, 2015, if he had been here instead of Josh Robinson and and you know he'd had played a second year instead of Shumpert and Holloway, he might be remembered as the greatest running back in Mississippi State. Yeah, it's State kind history. of when it was as as much as anything. It was, you know, the the flux of Joe Moorhead. It was last year being underutilized and then this year Having such a tremendous season, but it being for a six and sixteen for a six and sixteen, and that's not that's not a that's it. Norwood played on some oh Norwood 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 played on terrible terrible teams yeah, Uh, but his 
mean, he he carried those teams. I mean, Jordan Darius Norwood <laughs> did. Uh, with with Kylan Hill, he didn't carry this team, but he was such a huge part of, of their success. Uh, so for me, Kylan Hill is is, is right there uh, among the uh, greats. I see him as an NFL back. Oh, I do too. Can certainly he's the full package. Uh, you know, obviously, and people are going to point at his pass blocking, but I mean, if, if this guy is going to be your feature back, how many times are you really asking him to pass block? Probably not a whole ton. Uh, can can do thing, great things in the open field, but it also runs really, really hard. Joe Moorhead, for all his cliches, had one about my, Kylan Hill I really liked, which was he can play small and play big. He's a small back in a big back's body um, because he can you know get to the outside and, and, and has that burst, but at the same time he, he runs with power, can run between the tackles. Great pass catcher. Um, and a guy who honestly, as a rookie in the NFL – I wouldn't. I said this when he was a true freshman, and they didn't redshirt him. And he only got a few carries. That he was a guy who should have been on kickoff return. I think he could be. I know in high school they they they, they did that for him, and he was good at it. I think he could be a fantastic kick returner. You know, he's not going to be a four four guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he's got enough speed, enough burst, and he's elusive. I think he's a, he's a really good package. He'll he'll be a third or fourth round pick in all likelihood, and he'll make a good living. Yeah. Yep. I... The only thing I wonder is, could he have come back and worked his way up in, as, in, into like the second round? Um, is, is he maybe missing out on a little bit of money? That said, you're taking a risk if you do that. You know, you, we've talked many times about how, as a, as a running back, you, you only got so much mileage on you. You know, and that's kind of where I am on this Kylan Hill deal. Um, he's very talented. He's gonna get drafted. and He's gonna get opportunity. And I just I think he is talented enough that he's going to make the most of that opportunity, and he's going to get paid to play football, which is what he's always wanted to do. And uh, I just, I, I, in the vein of Mississippi State bad decisions, where there's the Duranya Wilsons and the uh, Beniquas Browns and, and things, I don't think this is a bad one. I, I, I think this was for me. It was kind of I become over the last couple of weeks more and more expecting it. Almost uh, not that I knew, but just some things kind of seem to point that direction yeah. to me. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't fault him for it. And kudos to, to, I mean, I know that people have different opinions on this. Um, kudos to him for playing in the, in, in the bowl game. I mean, yeah, I was, I was you know, just, that, that was what I was cool. about to ask you about. Do you think he's making – the, the thing I said on Sports Talk Mississippi, and I said it on the message boards, is he's making the right decision. But Cam Dancer made the right decision. Yeah. This is somebody. This, this is, is a their personal decision, decision, and they get to make it. Whatever decision you make is the right decision. You know why? Because it's your life. You know, he he's the one that has to live with whatever decision he makes. You know, I, there not that everyone did, but some people ripped on Cam Dantzler a little bit for not playing in that bowl game. Right. Well, well, guess what? Had Cam Dantzler played in the bowl game and and torn an ACL and. All that stuff. You're not paying Cam Dantzler's bills, you know. Right. So uh, it, it's a personal decision. And if Kylan Hill wants to play in this game and he's willing to take that risk, mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I kind of wonder if him getting 44 more yards or whatever it is to become the single season, got to play a role. That's got to right? play a role in it. To. You'd think. Um, you know, kudos to him if they want to play. If they want to pull at Jeff Simmons, Montez Sweat, and and get out there and one last ride with your boys, that's great. And if you don't want to. And you want to kind of take a safer route and protect yourself, and and go ahead and not guarantee, but make it a better chance that you're not going to get hurt and and get drafted. Like you said, that's the right decision too. So I, I guess my thing is, 
I don't think you can criticize any decision these guys make. It's right. their life, and they got to live with it. It's 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 one of the very rare decisions where I'm not talking about like seeing both sides. You can agree with both sides. Mm-hmm. I can say that because I, what I'm agreeing with is people should be allowed to make their own decisions. Yeah, you know, this is America. Darn right. So, uh, now the bigger question. We talked about Mississippi State's receivers yesterday. Yeah. Here. And now we look at the running backs. There's not – like right now, looking ahead. State's biggest offensive playmaker is a sophomore quarterback in Garrett Schrader. Like who who am I voting all SEC on that offense? You're not voting anybody, anybody. all SEC That's on that That's my point. Offense. Like this year, I voted uh, Daryl Williams. Uh, I voted for Kylan Hill as my second team guy um, behind Swift and Najee Harris. Had Scotty Phillips as the other guy. That didn't quite work out for me. Um, what does that say? Don't ever trust him. <laughs> Don't ever trust him. Uh, but, I mean, at receiver, no. Their leader was in town. <laughs> Not trolling, though. Uh, I mean, State has a real problem next year that there is just nobody. Is Schrader going to be good enough to elevate these guys? Because that's, that's what's going to have to happen at this point. You know, either that or you're going to have to hope that Kareem Walker is just this stud that we don't know about. You know, and Colin Hill tweeted about him like a month ago, said he's really, really good. And we hope that Colin Hill's eye for talent is good because if it's not, I mean, you're going to be really relying on these two true freshmen who, and I said yesterday, Dylan Johnson, I'm looking at him at receiver just because you have to, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But Jaquavius Marks is a running back. I already said I thought he'd get a, a good chunk of the carries next year, even maybe even ahead of Weatherspoon. But now, for sure, he's going to be a big part of this offense. Looking at Lee Witherspoon, by the way, he played in five games. He only had 21 touches. Did, did MSU sort of drop the ball there? Did they need to do a better job? I mean, I understand that they, they had trouble with that because they were never blowing anybody out and they were losing too many games. But there had to be situations on first and 10 where you could just give him the ball and say run, right? They could have gotten him some more touches. Ah. Uh. I don't know. I mean, you never know. Two internal situations. Is is he banged up a little bit, aching a little? Who knows? Um, I mean, knowing what we know now, you sure wish he would have gotten a little more, a little more experience under his belt for sure. Uh, yeah, the, the the thing that this does is big picture wise. I, I know we get accused sometimes of being the the. Uh, bears of bad news on this program but big picture wise you know realistically the only way state's offense is going to be what you would consider good next year is for several guys that you don't expect to have great years to come out and have great years it kind of has to come out of nowhere yeah yeah whether so, that's osiris mitchell just busting loose finally malik Heath being a, I mean, you you need a receiver you know we talked about the 500 yards this year state didn't get there again uh, i mean i guess with the bowl game if Mitchell has a big game, he could he could get there, but it's it. I don't see it happening. And you've got to find a guy to, to catch forty balls for five hundred yards next year. Yeah, you got to find a guy who's going to rush for between nine hundred and eleven hundred yards next year as a tailback. You've got to have those two things if you want to have any semblance of success. And all you have coming back. Is a guy that I think I think Witherspoon rushed for what 18, like 80, 80 yards. Eighteen this year? carries for eighty four yards. Yeah, that's what you've got. Running. You have eighty four yards of rushing returning in your running back room. Yeah, and then you know you've got your receivers, but there's not a, a number one, a true SEC number one there. Joe Moorhead, it's I, I almost started to feel a little bit bad for him. I almost feel like he's been put into a no win situation. 
Because I don't see how they're going to be. I don't see it. You know, unless there's just, like I said, Jaquavius Marks is a pretty highly rated guy, but he is not a can't-miss five-star, going to be a a for-sure superstar guy. I mean, here's where we're at with this, Brian. You know, you and I, every year, we do the uh, positional who-do-you-trust rankings or whatever. I mean, for as much as we've kind of dogged on receivers a little bit, Mm -hmm. they're all going to be ahead of running back this year. Right. Right now, just look at not not have to do it in my head, but there's 22 positions. Well, great. And if running backs above 19, I'd be really surprised. (laughs) And you think about Mississippi State and the run that State's been on in terms of from uh, Kylan, Eris Williams, uh, and you had a little bit of, you know, with Holloway and Shumper, but. But Josh Robinson, Ladarius Perkins, Ballard, Dixon, Norwood, uh, Desenzo Miller, Dante Walker, who had a couple good years, uh, J.J. Johnson, Kiefer McGee, Michael Davis, uh, Kenny Roberts. All you're going to go back to like Jackie's first couple. Basically, the last year State wasn't you know you had the, the 16 year, but you had Harris Williams on the roster. They just weren't using him. And then like the 90 year Felkers last year when Tate Galloway was the leading rusher. That's a long time without having a really good running back in the backfield. And right now, you don't have a guy that you know anything about yeah. to make that kind of And thing. that's not to say somebody couldn't. It's just right. you can't bank on that, I wouldn't think. I mean, like you just said, if we were to rank the, the 22 starters today, I can't see them any higher than, like you said, probably 19th, 20th yeah. kind of deal. And, and the, the, the thing is, too, for as much as – the interior of the defensive line was a question mark. I mean, you're still next year going into next year. I mean, I feel a lot better about the interior of the defensive line oh, yeah. than I do from for running back. I mean, Crummity and Pickering and, and love all the reps they got there, they, yeah. they'll be fine next year. Yeah. Yeah, ne- next year. That defense is going to have to take a humongous step forward. It's what's going to have to happen for yeah, State to, to, to have any kind of real have success. To, to, to carry the day again. Or, and, and or ma- Garrett Schrader has to become Dak Prescott and elevate the play of everyone around him. It's just as simple as that. Let's switch over to let's uh as uh as Michael Borky learned today, he has a crutch. We'll say it here. We'll turn the page to basketball. Before we get there though, we mentioned Pickering. All SEC freshmen. Oh, yeah. Which surprised me. Not that he made it, that Martin Emerson didn't make it. I thought yeah. he played really, really well. Yeah. So anyway, I didn't want to I didn't mean to pump the brakes, but now we can turn the page. Yeah, let's do that. Uh Mississippi taking taking on Kansas State, who is a pretty solid uh basketball team. A six and three record. Uh, so you know, not when you when you look at uh, their record, yeah, they're not they're not overly impressive. I'm trying to see who they they lost to here. Lost to uh, Pittsburgh, Bradley, and Marquette. Pittsburgh obviously is a, a ACC team, and they're they're year in year out pretty good team. Bradley and Marquette are teams are year in and year out. They tend to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Bruce Weber is a guy who's been coaching a long, long time. Uh, this is a very good defensive basketball team. They only give up 58 points per game. They're holding their opponents to less than 40% shooting, 39.5, so right at the 40% mark. Uh, from a rebounding perspective, very, very close. They're actually being out-rebounded by minus 0.5. So, I mean, they're just right there on the, uh, on the on that side of things. They're turning the ball over 14 times a game, but they force 19 turnovers a game. Mississippi State, you know, had some turnover issues early in the season. Now, they, so they seem to have sort of turned that around a little bit, but this is a team that gets after it defensively. State is going to have to be a lot crisper with the basketball. And I think, like we said earlier, the the, the energy issues that State had against Louisiana Tech cannot happen in this game. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day for the basketball Bulldogs. Yeah, and 
I think you'll see some of that rectified. Talking to Ben Howland on Thursday, he was talking about some of the things that went wrong against Louisiana Tech and some of the defensive lapses that happened there. And something that he said that jumped out to me about all that was that uh, Robert Woodard, of course, had one of his worst games at State against Louisiana Tech and later apparently admitted to Howland that he pulled an all-nighter the night yeah. before the game. Yeah. And so when you, when you have guys – they were taking finals for those that don't know. Yeah, I mean that that was why he pulled. He didn't just stay up all night, you know, drinking Mountain Dew and playing video games. I don't think, but um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, but apparently he was studying. Uh, didn't 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 get any rest, and so then he had a basketball game to play. And 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 these guys aren't speaking of video games. These aren't video game characters. These are real human beings that that experience fatigue and not to mention the fact that they were already probably a little rusty from not playing an actual game in eleven days. And I don't know. If you, I guess what I'm saying is if you want to draw up a reason for why State looked a little bit lethargic against Louisiana Tech, it's really easy to do that and kind of kind of, kind of throw that – wide that game up and throw it away kind of deal, short memory kind of thing. You, yeah. That's an easy game to do that with. I, I agree. And, and my only my – real, my real concern is – and we've talked about it before – this odd schedule that this is the first game in, what, 11 days after the first game in 14 days or something like that – and you're traveling up to New Jersey. It just, you know, thankfully with finals over, you have to think that the team is at least well rested and ready to play. Um, and this is a game, you know, remember last year, State was winning this game and we thought, okay, we'll see what they really have with playing Clemson. You know, Clemson ended up not being as good as we thought, but State dominated that game. I think that was the game where they shot 21, 22 three pointers yeah, or something like that. Yeah, they shot a ton of threes. And just, they could not miss that day. Um, they need to have a similar performance. They need to get a little bit of bounce back because that Louisiana Tech loss, it's not a bad loss. At the end of the year, it's going to be a top 100 loss, I would imagine. Yeah, could be uh, a tournament team. It should be a tournament team. I think, you know, I don't know a ton about Conference USA basketball, but I do know enough. I, I've seen enough basketball at the hump to know. You know I don't buy into every team that uh, Ben Hallen tells me is an NC2A tournament team. But that one, I look at it as go okay. They could they could play in March. I, yeah. I, I believe, and, and I believe I in the latest the, bracketology, they are projected to be. A I thought team. watching that game, it felt like an NCAA tournament game. Like these were two teams going at it, and Louisiana Tech was just better that night. Um, but that's the thing about Mississippi State; they're good. That's a good basketball team, but they're not good enough just to show up and win. They have to be ready to win. Uh, so this is, is going to be a big challenge, you know, and. When you have a team that's sort of light in the rotation right now, having this time off, maybe maybe this is a good thing. And uh, Howland addressed that on Thursday. He talked about Tyson Carter playing. He's playing 34 minutes a game right now. You're really only playing, in terms of double-digit minutes, you're only playing uh, seven guys. You know, Aduro's getting about five minutes a game. And then the rest of the guys are just coming in in garbage time. Yeah. King, Post, Butts, and the rest of them. Helps are coming. Yeah, well, Nick Weatherspoon will be back. You know, Two more games, right? Two more games. Yeah, this one, uh, the, the Radford game, and then you will see him in Jackson. Uh, against New Mexico State, uh, f- for me though, looking you know if, if, when I see that the, the rebounding stats sort of where they are for Kansas State, that leads me to believe that State really needs big games from the big men. Uh, they need Perry, Woodard, and Adu. Uh, Adu had a really good game against La Tech. He's nine points yeah. and eight rebounds, and to me that's tough when you squander him having that kind of night. That's that that kind of performance from Adu should be enough to put you over the top. Yeah, because that you, should be the gravy. You should be getting it. It's Woodard who who, that's who left you, you hanging. Expected more out of Woodard. And Woodard had it, I remember that game. He had two three pointers in like the first three minutes of the game, and then he just didn't play. He didn't score again. Can't have that. You know, Woodard has got to be in double digits almost every night. And you know, he's averaging 
uh, where's the numbers? You know, right at 12 points per game. He's got to be around his average. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get what you get from Tyson Carter, from Perry, and then you just sort of figure it out. You're getting d- double digits, you know, 9.9, 9.6. Tyson has really become a lot more consistent this year, it seems like. Well, he's a senior. You, know, yeah. you would expect that. He, he is a type of kid who he's a really good player at Mississippi State. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm glad he's at Mississippi State. I'm not saying he should have gone. But if he had gone to like a Louisiana Tech or something, he'd be a superstar. As a senior, he'd be a guy averaging 25, 26 points a game for them. Um, because I'm mean, talking about all the cliches fit, right? I mean, he is a gym rat. He is a coach's son. Yeah. You know, he, he's free throw shooter. He's, he's 85% off the line. He's not, he's not giving away free points. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised that as a senior, Tyson Carter is a really well-rounded, complete, and good basketball player. That's not surprising to me at all. Knowing his dad, yeah, and and you know the way that that, that relationship is, there's no way. There's I don't no know way what his future is, but he's good enough that he can make money playing basketball when yeah. he gets done. Not an NBA guy, probably, but in terms of playing overseas, his game really does well overseas. To be honest with you, they 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 spread the floor out there. There there's a lot of perimeter game out there. So yeah, if he wanted to spend a few years in Europe before going on to do his thing. He can make a lot of money doing that, for sure. Uh, let's talk about some playmakers. I, I just sort of hit on it for me. It's it's all about the front court for me. I think State needs to, you know, if this is a team that's not good at rebounding and they force a lot of turnovers, you know, Perry and Wood are such an integral part of putting up, uh, bringing the ball up the court. The court. So they, they need to have those guys, you know, ball security, and then when you get down low, take care of it, put it in the basket, and then get the rebounds on the other side. I'm gonna go with Woodard though over Perry because uh, I, I think I think it's a question of I think Perry is just a little bit more consistent. I expect it from him. Woodard, you know, you saw what happened there, but if he's at 12 and eight like he's averaging this year, I think I feel pretty confident saying State's going to win. Yeah. Um, didn't Howland say that, that Kansas State likes to press a good bit? Yeah. Well, I mean, they forced 19 turnovers. Yeah. Game, yeah. So, I mean, to me, it. It boils down to if they're pressing things, State can't fall back into that old trap of turning the ball over right. consistently like they did at the beginning of the year. So whoever's bringing the ball down the floor for State, I, I, whether it's whether it's Iverson or, or whether it's whether it's Tyson, I, I just feel like the guys that really handle the ball get the ball across midcourt and kind of get the offense rolling a little bit. Th- those guys got to protect the basketball. So I, I know that's kind of a, a twofer there, but just the guard play and protecting the basketball, I think. I'm kind of going the different, the opposite side of the court there, I guess, that from you. But I, they can't have some of those like they had in the first two or three games of the year, where they're just getting their pockets picked and uh, you know bad passes. So like I just, they've got to protect the ball. Are you concerned if State loses this game? Do you do you have a concern level at that point? I don't know because this is another one that's not a bad loss. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. I don't know that it's concern. I mean, it's. It's disappointing then that you have three losses, and all three of them are games that you could, you would expect to win at least one of them, you know. So yeah. it's kind of, I guess, aggravating from that point. Uh, but no, I, concern. No, I'm not. I, I can't wait to see this team when Nick Weatherspoon's back in the fold. Yeah. The, then I feel like you can fully judge this team. But even without Nick, I. I know they've got two losses, and I know the last loss was pretty ugly, but I, I still think it's a pretty good team. Yeah, I agree. All right, so then prediction time. What do you got? Low scoring game. I mean, you got two really good defenses. Um, State didn't play all that well defensively against Louisiana Tech, but overall, they're a really good defensive team. Uh, I'll go pretty low scoring. I don't know that either team will crack seventy. 
Um, I'll say State wins. Well, I guess State's winning either way here. I'll say Mississippi State wins. <laughs> uh, we'll go 68-66. We'll okay. say a tight one. Tight game. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of early morning uh, Anxiety. headache. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be a little bit more comfortable than that for Mississippi State. I, I like the Bulldogs to win this game, um, but again, I don't have uh, I don't I don't have worries, concerns. I have concerns, but not worries. Does that make sense? If they lose this game, because you know you do, you do need to find some wins here. Yeah, you know because it's going to be tough in conference play. Um, so I'll say I think the Bulldogs to win this game and sort of get back on the right track. Uh, say 63-58. It's going to be a close game. Low scoring, though, I definitely agree with. Because these are just two really two good, really good defense. defensive yeah. teams. All right, Monday show. Uh, tonight, we will be talking to Joe Moorhead. So I hope to get some, some t- thoughts on him. My, I, the main question I have for him, and one of us is going to ask it, is who's your starting quarterback for this one? Is it time to fully move into the Garrett, Garrett Schrader era, or are we going to see Tommy Stevens get one last hurrah? Uh, we'll find out, hopefully, that tonight. Uh, and then... Uh, We'll see what the uh, the weekend brings us in terms of MSU sports, uh, recruiting, things of that nature. Don't forget, early signing day is uh, next Wednesday, so we'll have plenty to talk about uh, on that day as well. Guys, have a great weekend. Joel and I will be back with you on uh, Monday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Bowl, Mississippi. Get up, get up, get up. Drop the Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.